All right, everybody, good afternoon. Welcome, welcome to another installment of Honor Kings and Sons TV. This is episode two, brought to you by none other than your boy, Darian Jones, owner and founder of Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. I'm so blessed to be here again and to talk to you all, all of my listeners and supporters. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me at Honor Kings and Sons TV on Instagram. You can also follow me at HKS Apparel, which is the merchandise page connected to Honor Kings and Sons. And you can also follow me on my main page at Haywire007. You can follow me on these different Instagram pages along with uh, checking out my podcast on rss.com um, slash Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. And of course, if you find me on different platforms, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I'll be updating those this year so you guys can follow me um, on any of those platforms for this podcast and much more to come. So let's get into it to, uh, for today. We want to talk about a new topic or uh, one of my topics I wanted to bring up, and it's called Separation Between Church and Men. Now, separation between church and men is something that has not been talked about. It's something that I think subconsciously, and I love to talk about the subconscious. I'll do an episode on that one day. I think subconsciously, uh, we have not taken a look as to why for a very long time, especially in the Western Hemisphere, why there is such a battle between men and church. Why is there this issue with men uh, wanting to be involved? Um, I wouldn't even say the spiritual aspect of church, but just taking their families to a safe place, safe environment, or what, or that is supposed to be a safe environment because we're not going to you know, avoid certain things that have taken place um, in the church temple um, in unfortunate instances. But, you know, why? Why is it why is it something that is just, you know, difficult uh, for a lot of men, not all men? But why is it difficult for a lot of men to just connect with a church? So um, I don't have that much time today, um, but I will take the time that I do have to throw out as much as what I believe um, are some of the issues and the reasons why men uh, stay away from church. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're single or married or divorced, why they decide to stay away from church altogether. And, you know, I want to be able to hear from my listeners and supporters. Um, and definitely this is going to need a part two because this is one of those things that it takes a while. Like it's, 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 we can, we can unfold this bad boy like origami, you know? So let's get into it. First thing I want to say is uh, when it comes to uh, men, and I'm actually uh, doing a project on this, um, it probably won't be done by the end of the year. Hopefully next year um, I'll be able to put it out. But uh, a project um, that has to do with men and their inheritance um, and a man, you know, uh, first of all, uh, coming to grips with, you know, finding the basic uh, needs um, of man, 
you know, so it's, this is a whole, this is not even about the actual like men gender, but just like the five basic needs of man, male or female, you know, belonging, security, acceptance, um, purpose, calling, you know, these are the five things that, that um, mankind itself look for. But, and especially men, there are certain things that um, a man um, has to have or has to be aware of. And if he is not aware of those things or he does not have those things, then he starts to fall apart. Um, the Bible says that um, a man that doesn't have self-control is like a castle with no walls, right? So we start to, um, and I didn't want to come in with the, the, the biblical references, you know, it's kind of like uh, second nature, but uh, we kind of have to, you know, get an idea of like a man's makeup and why is it such a hard thing to get men into church today. Um, it wasn't always like that, you know. Um, in history, you know, um, whether it was Christianity or another uh, faith-based uh, group or religion or, you know, a cult-like circle, you know, men, they spearheaded, they initiated, you know, they led their families um, everywhere. You know, um, in very few cases, there was the woman doing the leading. Very few cases, not discarding the ability of a woman to lead. But um, you have to take a look at how that has changed. And um, I would say the furthest I would go back, I won't even go back to like 15, 1600s. I won't even go back to Bible days. I'll just go back like a couple of decades. There was a time in America where, um, you know, every man took their, their, you know, family to church, you know. And when I say every man, I mean every man. So that was the, uh, uh, I would say even up to the presidents, I would say uh, the business owners, the bankers, uh, the people who did illegal stuff, uh, mob bosses, uh, drug dealers, um, you know, loan sharks, uh, you name it. All men took their family to church. You know, it's kind of like what um, the famous line, um, not necessarily uh, the famous line from The Godfather, but, you know, um, it's a reference I always use when um, he says, um, women and children can be careless, men can't be careless. So it's like men have to always you know, uh, foresee. They have to always be aware. They have to always take initiative. They have to always lead. So it's like, you know, you got to make sure that you have your house in order. You know what's going on. You know the next move and things like that. So, you know, um, there's certain things back in the day that men used to make sure their family was around. You know why? They wanted a healthy atmosphere. They wanted you know, safety. They wanted to know that the children were being raised right. Even if they themselves had some corruption in them, they wanted to make sure their wife and children always saw the good things in life, right? And never the dark things, never the bad things in life. So, you know, when we look at men, you know, why is it that, um, you know, there's just been a transition in the last couple of decades? I would say, I would say, 
I would say from the from the 70s going into the 80s on up, there's been a huge thing about men not going to church or men not being wanting to be involved with God or church at all. Um, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's There comes a point where, you know, corruption plays uh, a huge role, corruption in the church. You know, men in church not being honest. Um, men in church being careless and 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 open about you know their lifestyle. You know, it's not a thing for to hear about a pastor stealing from the offering. You know, um, I can speak on behalf of this coming from African American demographic. You know, uh, you hear stories growing up of pastors who slept with women in the choir. You know, or you even have uh, musicians, choir directors, and or pastors that were homosexual, you know, and things of that nature. And, you know, um, you have that young man who grows up, and it's both ways. You have that man who's watching this minister or watching this person in church live this crazy lifestyle. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's confronting them. Or if they do know, they keep it on the hush-hush. And it's all in the street, but nobody will dare say it out loud in church. And that's the grown man who sees that. But then you have the young man who grew up and he's innocent. He don't know anything. His parents entrusted the church with his safety. And then you have that minister who takes him in the office, you know, touches them, molests them, violates them. Um you know, or even a a, a female, you know, kind of like Antoine Fisher, you know, type story where you have a female who does that and it, it completely wrecks that child's equilibrium completely. Like they are not who they were before that incident. And so um, now you have that, that embarrassment, that, that, um, shame, that fear, that trauma that is swirling around in that person and it's messing them up, you know, and they try to overcome it. They find ways to overcome it. Um, In some cases, some of them, they think that that's what they're supposed to accept and they turn it into a lifestyle. So uh, we have, uh, you know, different sides of the spectrum. Um. We have some men who they heard about how wild church can get. And just off of what they heard, they ain't going. So um, that's one factor to look at it. Um, The other factor that I want to throw out is pride. And when I say pride, um, I'm more talking about a man. He grows up a certain way. His father You know, if his father happens to be in his life, his father tells him, you get it on your own. Don't trust nobody. Don't let nobody in. You know, you get it on your own. And the way the father raised that son, he uh, he's like, yeah. So he looks at a pastor and that pastor might have money, might not have money, you know, because that changes the conversation, too. Um, But he looks at it and he's like, man. Who, do, who are you to tell me how to live? Who are you to tell me how to raise my kids? Who is God to tell me about myself? Uh, I'm my own man. I do what I want to do. So it's the pride that raises up 
um, in that individual. And he decides that he's going to live his life how he wants to be. One of my favorite movies is Hoodlum and uh, with Lawrence Fishburne. And there was a, a line he said when he's talking to Vanessa Williams. Um, and he said, uh, I made a deal. God and I made a deal a long time ago. Um, I don't come in his house if he don't come in mine. You know, so it's it, it, it it's a mindset. You know, it's 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 something that has been either sewn into them or something that has been decided based on, you know, how that man understands his role as a man or he un, or understand how he must live in this world. He feels like um, him and God can't be on the same on the same team, you know, uh, and there is lack of a lack of understanding. And like I said, going back to the project I made mention of that I, I hope to put out um, by next year is uh, a project that talks about, um, I believe, which is the truth about um, how men should be looking at life, how men were intended to look at life. And that was um, knowing your inheritance, knowing uh, where it's supposed to come from, who is who's supposed to give it to you. And uh, according to scripture, I believe that men actually were not designed to be providers. And I know that that's something that's going to be challenging for people to uh, accept at face value, but I'll explain. I believe that, you know, the Bible talks about God being Jehovah, um, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? Uh, I look, and when I pay attention to uh, Genesis, and when I pay attention to God's plan for mankind, and when I pay attention to, um, you know, uh, the life of Jesus and him dying on the cross and, and giving us salvation, I realize that if you pay attention, it's the same thing that, like, we are heirs, and we had access already. We lost it because of sin. We had full knowledge, full understanding, full under, full dominion, full everything. There was nothing that we lacked as a creation, as, as, as man. It was until we fell, and the curse is where we had to begin to provide. So, you know, a lot of uh, men... They go around with this complex. They go around with this ego. They they have this chip on their shoulder because of the struggle to provide. Uh, some men, their journey begins at a very, very young age because they're born into poverty, you know, or they're born into a household where, you know, two bulls can't rule the same pen, meaning that their father is the alpha. Everybody else is beneath. And even the men in the house, like, as long as you're in that house, he rules. You only can be a man outside of that house. And he'll tell you when you reach a certain age or after I've taught you what I believe you need to know, that's it. Go be your own man. But you can't be the man in this house. So there's, there's just so many ways to look um, at this. There's so many sides uh, to this, uh, this uh, issue that I've noticed for years uh, growing up in church dealing with fathers, myself becoming a father, um, seeing my brothers who became fathers, 
interacting with my own father, um, it, 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 it takes on so much. And I really believe that um, our generation of fathers coming up, that it's important for them to know, um, you know, the origin of their purpose, the definition of who they are, and if they're lacking something, how to get it, where to get it, oh, when to get it, you know, so that they can be prosperous. It really opens up for a huge conversation. And like I said, for the sake of time, uh, I, I could not unload everything. And I would be so open to having a conversation with a listener, a supporter, fellow influencer, you know, anybody who really um, believes that they have a sound um, uh, input or even a, cred- uh, a credible rebuttal to what it is that I'm saying. I would love to have that conversation because this is a big, big thing, really, really big thing that I want to talk about. The separation between church and men, um, like I said, uh, there's you can't really put a date. It's It's been something that, that has been ongoing, I, I believe, ever since sin came into the world. It's been something that there's there's a population of men that feel like they got to get it on their own. Um, they make their own rules. They are as is, and, and everybody who comes under them, you know, it's it's you deal with it or you go somewhere else. I don't need God. Um, and then there is another demographic that acknowledges God um, to a certain extent. They don't fully commit, um, and that is another thing, too. A commitment. Um, I believe that a man, I believe that a man, okay, let me put this this way. Most people will say I'm being spiritual when I say a man will never know how to fully commit unless a man commits to God. Most people will say I'm being 10,000% spiritual. But I want you to look at it this way. Spirituality how we know it, how we experience it, how we see it in the Western world, um, especially in terms of Christianity, um, is really altered in many ways. Like, we have the influence of Hollywood. We have the influence of, of popularity. We have, we have a lot of things that taint on what spirituality um, should be and what it should look like, especially when we are talking about God. And so when we um, bring up something like commitment, right, you know, I don't have to super spiritualize it. I can use the traditional example of a male and a female um, who are attracted to one another. And um, in order for that relationship to work, you have to commit to times, schedules, commit to dates, commit to um, intimacy, commit to financial planning, commit to, you know, all of these different aspects that make a relationship function and thrive and be successful. So I think that when we talk about commitment, if you are a person who reads the Bible or has read the Bible and you really pay attention to what God is talking about, God is not talking about 90% of any of the stuff we see on social media. 
any of the things that are acted out by um, Christian charismatics um, and other religious figures. He's talking about a relationship. He's talking about knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. He's talking about how he meets the five basic needs of man. He gives you the origin of your purpose. He gives you the power that you need to overcome all of your weaknesses and flaws. And he tells you you're expected in. You know, Christians love to use Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, right? But when it comes to unfolding that and mapping out what that looks like and the gridiron stages of that, the parts where you have to suffer, the parts where it isn't a bed of roses, you know, now everybody wants to say this ain't God because it's too hard. I'm crying. I'm hurting. I'm broke. I'm this. You know, my life don't look like what it looks like where it should be on social media. And then we walk away from God's plan, which male and female do that all the time. So I think that when we get away from the smoke screens and, and all the craziness, we can actually say that God is pretty solid in what he has to say about mankind, what he has to say about the role of male and female, what he has to say to men, what he has to say to women, children, what he has to say about heaven and earth, what he has to say about heaven and hell, what he has to say about everything in terms of us. I think he makes it pretty clear. I just think that we have so many filters when we're reading the Bible, and especially with men, there's so many uh, filters that are in front of us. One, the, the number one is our pride and ego. The second thing is the upbringing that we got from our biological father, if he happens to not be a person that's faith-based. The third thing would be uh, friends and family, their experiences and, and how um, they, they share about their failures more than the accomplishments that they have. And then um, just the options, the options that life provides. It is 2023, people. You have alternative lifestyles. You can change your gender. You can do so much. So a man is looking at that like, man, I can truly do whatever I want. I can be as free as I want. Why do I have to respond to a God that I feel is not there and his heaven doesn't exist? And the message he has about his son, Jesus, is not credible. And the people who follow him are blithering idiots. Like, that's the world we live in. The average man can say that. Um, you know, uh, so this is a conversation I would love to have with so many different people, leaders, mentors, uh, pastors, world leaders, uh, anybody who's a father, anybody who is a successful man or anybody who's a man with an opinion, I would love to have this conversation because I really feel like it's very important that men take it upon themselves to lead, that men take fatherhood more seriously, um, that men take their inheritance, that it should be it should mean something for them to go looking for it. A lot of men today or men who who have had power and that had a had an iron fist, they had a boatload of control, they had a boatload of influence over the last 
I'll just say 100 years, a lot of those men did not have what they need to fulfill their purpose. Did they build a kingdom? Yes, they did. But what did that kingdom consist of? Violence, tyranny, um, recklessness, debauchery, uh, you name it. Some people, their inheritance, they stole it. You know, that, well, the one that they operated with, it was stolen. So automatically, that man uh, was a thief. So like I said, this could take on so many different, um, you know, sides of the spectrum. So I am so interested in wanting to, um, you know, have, I'm going to make a part two to this, but I'm definitely going to give time for people to listen. Um, I want you guys to be able to share this episode, share what I'm talking about so that we can, you know, uh, get comments um, and be able, you guys can send me emails, you know, I'll provide that information. You can leave comments, um, on my links provided. And I want to be able to hear what you have to say about this. It, like I said, this is a conversation we can have for an entire year. You know, the separation of, uh, between church and men. Um, I, I so passionate about this, you know, um, because I've just, I've seen it. You know, I grew up in church, born and raised in church, you know, and, and I've, I've seen the activity of men. I, I know what it's like for Sunday, you know, my dad is home and I'm with my mom at church, my brothers or my friends, their father is home and the mom is at church. Um, when you talk to men on the street, when you talk to fathers like that, when you talk to successful men and you ask them about church, you know, uh, you get the craziest responses or you get the same responses. You know what I'm saying? Why I'm, a, I'm my own man. Why I got to answer to somebody I don't even believe in who is, who is the Bible, who is Jesus to tell me how to live or, um, <laughs> it just goes on. I mean, the amount of answers get crazier and crazier. So ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had more time to expound on this, but I think I laid a, a very good foundation. I think I threw out more than enough that we could definitely dialogue and have a conversation about. So I would love for you to share this episode on your platforms. And, um, you know, I want to hear and get responses and, uh, I'm going to do a part two. Hopefully when I do a part two, I can bring on a guest. We can dialogue and, uh, yeah, let's talk about this. And for 2023, let's win. What do, I, what do I mean by winning in this regard? As men, I want us to finally, um, you know, say that we have won the fight against a lack of knowledge, lack of purpose, um, lack of achievement, lack of uh, good parenting, lack of leadership. We we can say that we won the battle or the battle is close to being won because it's so important as the years go by things are getting more and more reckless and we need a remnant of men who will take their families to a place where God can speak to the man speak to his heart give him wisdom to lead therefore he can make a great life for him his family 
and those that are in his circle that he has impact and influence over. So that's all for today. My name is Darian Jones, owner and founder of Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. Make sure that you share this out. Can't wait to get the responses. I love you all. God bless you. And I will see you next time. Peace.